Oh, they always hide. Where is she? Oh, my God. Bill, it's here. Thank God your hair is so bright. Hello, Hello, darling. Come here. How are you? How have you been? I've been okay. Yeah? I know you've had your ups and downs. and I have. Um, but you, I never, ever think they get you down. <laughs> no, really. You're, you're not the type to go down. You're just a fighter. Or it's, your whole thing is, I mean, not your whole thing. You're hysterically funny, but you're a fighter. So I never really worried about you. I the just, bad thing is I'm a street fighter. So along the way, I've made some enemies, but I'm trying to turn into more of a strategic fighter. That would be great. And at 62 years young, I'm really going to change this time. I really am. That's a great, that's a great thing to say because you, first of all, you can never get to any age where you go, oh, I've stopped, especially when it's about making mistakes. Yeah. It's, I do the same thing. I, I, I look back even five, 10 years and go, oh, what a dumbass thing I did. The stuff I would think, by the way, I thought I was doing it for like the work, but like the stuff I thought, I, I thought everything was a battle. I thought whether it's a piece of the set dressing that I feel strongly about or, you know, whatever, my own writing and looking back. Not everything was the same level battle that I kind of treated it like. That, that's funny that you, that's great. also great that you recognize that because that is exactly how I saw you. As oh. why does this girl make everything a battle? She, she, I thought you must like it because you were always <laughs> doing, really, you know, who fights with the left and the right? Very few. <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> but, you know, I guess I'm crazy too. But I mean, to the point of getting canceled by both. Yeah. You know, and, and by the way, canceled is sort of an adorable way of putting it. Remember, it was under investigation by right. the Department of Justice, the U.S. Attorney's Office, the Secret Service. Well, that, you know, insane. no fly list. That's so insane. But also, look, as you know, it's not that hard to scare off buyers. And the buyers really, I think until maybe just very recently, have been scared off. Buyers of what? Yeah, like the buyers, like the networks, the streamers. Oh, um, people who might buy the Kathy Griffin product. Yeah, buy the of Kathy course. Griffin. But also even well, to feel safe having Kathy Griffin at their theater. You know what I mean? Of course. So. No, I know. I know you when you did the Trump uh, <laughs> picture. Yes. I mean, which, God, you know, when you look back on it, when you look back, I look back at my... 9-11 thing and it all just seems surreal and so I, I mean I thought it was stupid at the time and yeah. I thought what they did to you was stupid at the time and I remember I had you on yeah. to say that um, but when you look back it's even stupider yeah <laughs> and compared to the other stuff like that the, we should have been focusing well, on it was the classic the paranoia of just also what's so annoying about that is it's what I hate about our culture robotic things you know TSA mm-hmm. uh, things where like oh you know, if you handle this like a human, like the Israelis handle security, I remember being in Israel and going through security and I had a thermos that looked just like the bottom of a bomb. Now, if this was the TSA, just like, are you kidding? They just yeah. go by the rules. Yeah. We only know this rule. And the rule is if you take a picture with Trump's head, you're a dangerous yes. person. <laughs> Whereas like in Israel, when they found the thing, this very intelligent, and, they, and in Israel, they are ex-military intelligence mm. who do this at the airport, interrogated me, interrogated, asked me like eight questions and was like, okay, I'm an intelligent person. I see this is an American comedian. He's making a movie over here. This yeah. is really is a thermos for cereal. Yeah. Uh, they could just tell because they're using their mind. Yeah. As opposed to what happened to you is more examples of that. No, we're robots. Mm-hmm. This is the rule. And we're, she is going to cause beheadings in an innumerable fashion, <laughs> well, more than you can ever imagine. And she is just, a, she is no different than a bride of ISIS. She's Kathy Griffin, bride of ISIS. <laughs> I mean, that was the shit. <laughs> right. Now I'm only eating baby parts with you, Hillary Clinton and Tom Hanks. And by the way, Seth Green. Did you know the cues have been going for poor Seth Green? No, why? They think that for, for some reason, Seth Green, they think he was like one of the original people at Comet Pizza in the basement with Hillary harvesting baby parts. And I've like, talked to Seth about like what it's like to have the whole Q world not just come at you. Seth Green, voice of Chris Griffin. Seth. Yes. <laughs> yes. From like the teen movies with red hair as a fellow sure, ginger. I, yeah. I, yeah. But yeah, they're convinced uh, Tom Hanks is harvesting the baby yeah. parts. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that shit didn't happen seven years ago. 
Right. I'm just telling you, no, my they... whole career for the crap I got in trouble with, I went this too far with a celebrity, whatever. Nothing like the stuff. I think, the when, group histo- think. when historians look back on this period and they write about it, um, from many years later, they won't be where we are, where we're in the pits of it. So we everything is is binary, and we see the left and the right. And they will just look from their vantage point and see America went crazy, and that everything that the left did or the, whoever started it, um, and the right's reaction and the left's reaction to that was sort of a a cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're this crazy, we're going to get this crazy about our shit. Yeah. You know, By the so, way, God willing, people see that because I am terrified in what do we do with this world that is devoid of opinions? It's just deciding this fact is a fact and this fact isn't a fact. Right. But I mean, this kind of thing, what you're talking about, like the, okay, they're going to, the historians are going to go like, yes, at a certain point, so many percentage of the Republicans thought Repub- Democrats were eating babies. Yeah. And the Democratic response is, uh, we're going to insist that it's possible for every man to be pregnant. (laughs) It's going to go, oh, I see. I see what happened back in in the 2020s in America. Now, can we please talk about, because you and I share this, we both are childless, therefore heretics. Right. And what would, how would a young Bill Maher deal with all the new laws if boys could get pregnant too? Oh, I mean, Bill Maher. <laughs> like, how Bill... old would you have been would you, when you were knocked up if you were a chick? What's that? Like, how old would you have been when you have gotten knocked up when you were a chick? Like, do you think you would have gotten knocked up if, if your I teen? was a woman? Yeah. If I was born a woman? Yeah. Like, would you get mad, not have kids till you're married? It's it, oh God, Kathy, to ask me what would be in my head if I was a woman. Is, yeah. I mean, I'm not usually stuck for an answer about a lot of things, <laughs> but I'm stuck for it because I, I'm. You know, I guess I'm very much unlike the, so many of the young people today where gender is fluid and uh, it's just always a jump ball when you're born and mm-hmm. you can switch back and forth. Sometimes in the middle of a conversation, really, you identify and then you identify in a different way on mood. I feel like I came from an era I was just created. Like, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a Marine or anything, but I am all man. You know, I, I just do not think like a woman. I do not act like right. one or or even a gay man, you right, know. Right. So. I I mean, and I don't, and I've talked. You'd be like me. You'd just simply be a female who chose not to have kids, perhaps. Right. No, I I mean, I could have been your doppelganger in many ways. Mm -hmm. Or in an alternate universe, we could have been married. Let's pretend we're married. We're, we're in our chairs because we were married. I am married, but I waited 10 years to marry the dude. So we've been together 13. We only got married. (laughs) I have to tell you, though, our wedding day. Our wedding day was New Year's Eve. Because I thought, you know, after getting canned from CNN, let me have some more positive to, like, celebrate around New Year's. So that part was great. And the best part is we did it New Year's Eve 2020. Convinced 2020 was going to be the greatest year. (laughs) (laughs) What a shitstorm. Right. And then the pandemic. How did that affect you as newlyweds? But you, of course, again, you knew each other for a decade. We were living together. We were in a second house together, all that stuff. Right. Yeah. Oh. Well, look, I I know you've been through all this this shit with cancer. Yeah. I I feel like it now. uh, (laughs) What? I've always thought cancer was bad, and I don't care who's going to argue with me. That's my position. Yeah. But I swear to God, I feel like it's made you a a better person. Well, I do think, first of all, I think people can see me as a human being for the first time in a while. And I've just noticed a lot of people reaching out to me on social media just saying, I didn't like this about you. I don't like that, but I'm wishing you well or whatever. Or like, well, regardless, you're a survivor or something like that. So there's that. And also, of course, it changes you because... First of all, as you can tell, I, I actually sustained some injuries during my surgery. Sure. They had to take out half my left lung. They damaged my vocal cord permanently. I also have like an aperture up here. So my voice may never come back to full speed. I kind of like it this way. Really? Yeah. I'm so afraid, though, I can't do impressions. You get a car. You get a car. <laughs> I mean, you well, know it's Oprah, right? You were never an impressionist. You, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. Okay. I might audition for SNL next that's, year. That's not why your fans love you. It's like, oh, I want to see Kathy Griffin do impressions. <laughs> they want to see you do your thing, yeah. which is, you know, great. And, you know, you carved out a place. You know, you like, 
you know, you just did it. You had a, there was a niche there in show business and you were like, I'm going for it and succeeded. And then, yes, you did um, <laughs> fight with too many people for, I, for two, I mean, what? Like what, every what, executive. What, what, like you're still not friends with Anderson Cooper? No, but that was like a little more of a friendship. Like that was like kind of a personal thing, you know, because that was like a tough But like, will you situation. ever get over that with him? Or? Sure, of course. Oh, you will? Yes, he knows that too? <laughs> or is that just what you know? I mean, that may, I don't know that he's interested. Right. But I mean, you know, I also don't have like a need to like hang out with people that maybe weren't so but kosher. But were, were you really friends with Anderson Cooper? Like I thought so, yeah. Like the kind of, per, I mean. People, like I didn't think we were Hollywood friends. I thought we were legit friends. Right. Okay, because they, they do throw the word friend around a lot in show business. Yes. And I always say there's a difference between friend and friendly. Right, right. Like a lot, there's a lot of lees out there. <laughs> I'm fr- I, I got a lot of lees. Yeah. But friend is like somebody who you have their phone number. You, you bear call, your souls you call, to each yes, other. And you, you're there for each other when yes. this one's having a tough day. Yeah. yeah so really? that's so what you had like. that with yeah. Anderson Cooper. Yeah. So okay. I miss that. You know what I mean? So it's hard. But I'll tell you who and I was also. Was he just like he is on the air? <laughs> Um, <laughs> Asking probing questions uh, about you and your day. Yes. <laughs> let's let's get some background information. He does about have your a, day. he does have like a, a newscaster voice. I mean yeah. that is. Uh, but I'll tell you, who I was also really probably closer with is I loved his mom, Gloria Vanderbilt. Mm. I mean those were evenings. Right. Like um, I actually stole one of her ideas, and I know you're a big fan of these too. But I've been having these salons in my house, and they've been one of the ways that during my quote cancellation, uh, I've been kind of staying sane. Sure. Just. 10 people, phones down, real conversation, right. smarties, like people that you kind of cast, like Sue Mengers was a friend Absolutely. of mine. Absolutely. If to go people to those don't dinners. know, Bette Midler, the great Bette Midler, did a, played Sue Mengers. In on a, Broadway. In a Broadway. I don't yeah. think it was, was it out here? I don't yeah, know, but it was definitely on Broadway. What was it called? I forgot the name of the something show. Something about it was, lunch or something. Yeah. But, it was, but anyway, it was about... She played this super agent, Sue Mengers, who was a real person. I certainly knew her quite well. She was the first powerful woman agent. And she repped Ryan O'Neill at the height of his fame. Oh, Barbara Streisand. Jack Nicholson, Barbara Streisand, Steve McQueen. Yes. And I remember the first time I went to her house, she showed me the 60 Minutes piece they did on her. It was very Norma Desmond in Sunset Boulevard. Like, come in. I mean, she must have shown this to a thousand people. And it was from the 70s. So what? You know, I, I understand. So but like, it was like, Sue, I know who you are. You don't have to show me the 60 Minutes piece. But of course, it meant She looked better in that caftan than the was, one she was wearing. Was, but remember how she would talk to the staff? Oh. Grass! She would just scream grass. I used to bring her grass. Well, good for you. Yeah. That's what no, a good Sumanger's friend a, does. I was an enabler. She but was, those evenings were special because... So special. There was It was always like the most A-list crowd. You, she, yeah. Sue, could, Sue had the kind of clout that she could summon anybody. Yeah. Uh, I remember being in... Uh, so, so it was like a mix of old Hollywood, mm-hmm. like her old cronies who were, of course... Iconic A-list Jack Nicholson. Um, Jack Nicholson. Lauren Neil, Michaels. Neil Steve Diamond. Martin. Was, uh, yeah, Neil Diamond. Uh, Julia, but then there would be Julia Roberts, I remember, right. meeting there. Daniel Craig. Yeah, Daniel Craig. I remember yeah. what, uh, like, he, she would just say, I want this person. I saw. Right. That's how I was there. She right. saw me on TV and said, get me Bill Maher. And yeah. I was thrilled to go. She invited um, me by fax. My agent called and said, you have a fax. I said, fantastic. And she invited me after I won my first Emmy. And I got up there and I said, you know, a lot of celebrities think Jesus for their Emmys. Oh, my, I remember you know, that. that suck great, it, Jesus. This great, award is my God now. It was a great My moment. first cancellation. Great I just moment. want to say my first cancellation. No. But she called me and said, you've yeah. earned a seat at the table. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, I got to meet such fascinating people. Yes. And I learned... And this is how I try to do my dinners. My my guests know I want nothing from them. I don't care how famous they are. I'm not going to ask anything of them. I'm not hitting them up for a part of their movie. Right. Like, it's literally just like, I just want your company. And I'm telling you, I do lunches and dinners, and I just live for them, you know? But didn't didn't somebody get mad at you because they thought you were, like, sharing too much about their personal life? Didn't you have one of those feuds? I don't know, but like... Like some woman, like... some of, Look, some of these folks, remember, they were like 80, 85 years of age. So, I mean, 
It no, this was somebody younger who I feel like you were chummy with. Oh, God. Some woman, and then... Is it Brooke Shields? Are you going to bring up Brooke Shields? I don't know. No, Is it, it wasn't Brooke, Brooke Shields? Shields, but Brooke Shields I was on a TV show with for four years. Yeah, I remember that and show. And I, I love her, and she's maybe not a giant fan of mine. Really? Because I talked about... <laughs> I know it's a shock, <laughs> but it's because I talked about, you know, going to her wedding in one of my specials, which she had come to see live and thought it was great, but then had a change of heart, like seeing it... You know. Because you talked about her? Yeah. <laughs> you know what you have to do? You have what? to do like, uh, remember that show, uh, Something Earl, where he went around, it was kind of like taken from the AA thing where you go around and make amends to all yeah. the people. Yeah, And uh, you should do that with the shit list of people. I know, people who Gee, you it's are so long. It's like a scroll. I, I, <laughs> You gotta go to Anderson. But that's what my fans love, that, though. That, that could the problem a, is my fans want to hear the. That's what they want. That could be a show. One week, you, <laughs> one week you go to Anderson Cooper and you make up with him, and then the next what week. What do I do to Anderson Cooper? I don't know, but you have to make up with him. Okay, okay. Right? <laughs> okay, he's not talking sure, to you. Sure. Then you go to Brooke Shields and you just go down this list. I mean, you right. you'd have a whole season. Okay, then you have to do the same thing to Congress. You have to go down the list. Well, and the last one would be Trump for you. Okay, really? Right. Bring and how, how, what do I get out of that scenario? I don't know. Bring him somebody else's head. <laughs> <laughs> As a gesture, bring so another many, head. I have so many choices. Or at least cut off an ear. You know, something like that. Start small. Yeah. I know. But, um... So who else is on, on this shit list? I forget, but I... Um, I don't know who's on the shit list. Well, I mean, I will uh, say who once you're you, on their shit list. Once you've been canceled to the degree that I have, where, like you said, Hollywood turned on me. You know, I haven't, like, I haven't been able to make money, meaning be in the red for, wait, in the black? Which one is it? Which is the good one? Black? The black. Okay. I haven't been in the black for six years. Now, I'm not crying poor. I've done well. All this other stuff. I'm thrilled. But that sucks. Like, if somebody had just oh, turned God. off your phone, Terrible. and if you went from this life that you oh live today, God. and look, you got a million gigs, but I'm just saying, I was no, busy. Sweetheart, and I to get have it. no one call for six years. That's, that is a, per, that is a, That's a, no that is a purgatory, you know. Six but years. But now, it, now it's over, you're out of trouble well, jail? Here's what I think I think that if the Mirage called after six years, I feel like if the Mirage is having me back, yes. and as you know, Vegas is not edgy. Vegas is middle America. People go to Vegas. Well, and I think if I'm safe for Vegas, no, I think it's a big sign. Vegas, no, that's not true anymore. When I first played Vegas, um, opening for Dinah Ross, oh, God. Uh, it was exactly that. It was uh, just really square. But now Vegas is so big. First of all, the town itself is a town you could play even if it didn't have the tourists because yeah. it's a big town. I get a lot of townies. I bet you you do yeah. too. Okay. Uh, if and you then, mean gay showboys, you're damn right I do, honey. Every and, last one of them. <laughs> right. And then beyond that, I mean, if you have, I don't know how many people are in town from out of town, but there is enough, I mean, to, to fill a, a, I mean, I play the comedy, I played the Mirage for years. Yeah. And that theater was like, I don't know. 1250. Yeah. Okay. So out of the, yes, even right. if it's one out of a hundred, there's plenty of hip people in yeah. town because hip people yeah. like to go and have fun in Vegas too. Right. You're right. They're far outnumbered. But by remember, the this is also the town that when Linda Ronstadt dedicated, you know, Desperado to Michael Moore. Not only did she get booed off the stage at Caesars, she was walked out by security. Linda right. Ronstadt. Right. An icon, a legend. Yes. You know, that wasn't not you're, in our lifetime. You're right. So That's there's still that. I think the buyers in Vegas, they got to please a lot of masters. And I'm just saying, for me, I think it's a significant thing that it's my first gig I've had in six years where they actually offered me the money they did six years ago. Meaning, yeah. in a good way. Yeah. Meaning, it wasn't, uh, come do this for free. Right. We're doing you a favor if you come host my charity for free right. again. Right, Like, it's been six right. years of, I'm helping you by you coming and suiting up, you know. So it just feels good to have, like, a gig. It's time to reclaim your weekend. Sunday lawn care can take one thing off your to-do list. Instead of spending time working on your yard with Sunday, you can spend time enjoying it. Sunday is everything you need to get the lawn you've dreamed of. This spring, go to getsunday.com slash random and enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. No trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they ship straight to your home. You just need a hose to, to apply Sunday. 
You can fertilize your whole lawn in less than the time that it takes to enjoy an episode of Club Random. And they only use ingredients you can feel good about. No harsh chemicals, no long waiting periods, or trying to keep your kids and pets off the lawn. Simply apply, let it dry, and you're back to enjoying your yard. Sunday is easy and affordable. Some lawn care services cost more than $1,500 a year, but Sunday's full season plans start at just $109. And for a limited time, Sunday is offering listeners 50% off your first box. So you can get started today for as little as $55 when you go to GetSunday.com slash random at checkout. That's 50% off your first box at GetSunday.com slash random. Have you heard about microdosing? It's become increasingly popular for people looking to improve their health and performance. With the world literally ending every day, we all need a way to relax and find our inner chill. Microdose gummies deliver perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. So if you're new to THC and want that perfect intro experience, or you want a reintroduction that's not too intense, these gummies are for you. And microdose gummies give you a more accurate way to dose than smoking your clove cigarettes. Plus, it's nicer to your lungs. Whether you're seeking relief from pain, anxiety, better sleep, a creative boost, or just to relax at the end of the day, or the beginning, and calm down that hamster wheel spinning in your head, microdose gummies are the perfect solution. And if you want more than a microdose of THC, they also make higher dose gummies that are available in six strains, including strawberry cookies and watermelon sorbet. Microdose gummies are available nationwide. Here's an exclusive offer for my listeners. Simply go to microdose.com and use the code RANDOM and save 30% off your first order plus free shipping. Go to microdose.com and use code RANDOM to save 30% and receive free shipping. Microdose gummies, because being healthy doesn't have to be boring. Go to microdose.com today. You've never seen Watergate like this. White House Plumbers is a new HBO original limited series from the producers of Veep and Succession that stars my friend Woody Harrelson, also Justin Thoreau, Lena Headley, and more. It's based on the unbelievable events behind the Watergate scandal. No names have been changed to protect the innocent because nearly everyone was found guilty. Stream White House Plumbers on HBO Max and check out HBO's White House Plumbers podcast hosted by Olivia Nunzi wherever you get your podcasts. No, I mean, what America does so well is do stupid things. And then, like, a few years later, usually, I remember this happened with, oh, God, everybody from Don Imus. And some people get canceled permanently. But there's a lot of, oh, yeah, maybe we did overreact. I hope so. You know? I'm banking on it. I am oh, banking the, oh, it's, on it. Absolutely. Because, by the way, the, the reverse is horrifying. Like, that people are still walking around and be like, that bitch kind of deserves it. Well, but if you also, say to somebody, if someone, you know, like, like the way I described to you, if you were just woke up and you had no job the next day, by the way, yeah. almost no friends. And also, you know, you've paid the price. I mean, this, look, I'm going to say something now. I hope it doesn't um, bother you or people in the audience. And I'm, I'm admitting before I say it, it's pure conjecture. But from everything I know uh, about, medicine and health. I'm a believer in the mind-body connection. Mm -hmm. And um, we don't know exactly what causes cancer for sure, or else yeah. we could go and have it diagnosed. But yeah. stress, extreme stress, um, yes, I think is very, very involved in, you know, Again, You're saying I got lung cancer. It's not my family. I never smoked. Right. It's a tumor, ironically, that had been there since 2009 and not grown. Then all of a sudden it's double in size. And then it's like, we got to get out in three weeks and we're taking half the lung. Right. You know, so I, I know. Yeah. I agree. I'm with you. So I'm just saying for the folks who want to punish you forever for <laughs> your non-crimes, um, just think about that. Yeah. You know, the... You got your price of your pound, pound of, of flesh, flesh yeah. or however much that tumor weighed. Right. And almost literally. Yeah. And besides not making the money and also just the just the, the days of, of wondering about your future and but your Bill, past. if you couldn't make people laugh anymore, 
Come on, you know that what that does to us. Of it's course. not just a daily routine. Right. You no longer can even like make people laugh on no. social media without you know what I mean? Like it's taking that away has been the hardest thing. It would be like cutting off the last 10 inches of my penis. And we don't have those to spare because we got the first three feet <laughs> and then we roll it back up for the next girl. Now, what's going on in your love life? I'm afraid to ask. Oh, my God. Go on. Mom. Don't be shy. Mom. Come on. First of all, I don't. I first don't, of all, I was there for classy, honey. Don't <coughs> act like we don't go back. I don't talk. We fucking go back. I don't back. talk about my personal life. I really don't. Oh, you're don't. so full of shit. I don't. Come on. Not, not. Why I don't would, you brag about it? Uh, first of all, because. Can uh, you get a date, Bill? No, there you go. That's it. That's what it is. And also, I'm just I'm just focused on helping and healing America. I wish I had time for a social life, but my complete dedication is to healing yeah. the rift in our nation. So okay. that's where I am. Wow, you're just a like um, a, a saint, a saint, and also yeah. also or duct tape. All right, now this is. You know, as as you talk about a lot, I talk about, you know, knowing what you can talk about on stage because I sort of think this is funny, but I don't know if the audience would. But I am being sort of humorous, but not kidding when I say I now give the planet seven years. I used to be like 30. Right. Then how do you see us keeping up this pace and for how long? It's so interesting you put it that way because it sounds to me like what they've always said since I've lived out here about earthquakes. Right. Which is like, oh, the big one is coming. The fault. The fault. And it, I mean, the big one is coming. Yeah. There, there, there's no doubt about that. Well, climate change is not the big one. No, I'm talking, this about, is an, the I'm slow talking about an, I'm talking an earthquake. Yeah. I'm just making an analogy because I thought it was interesting the way you put it. And I have had that feeling since I moved here about the earthquakes, which is, okay, you keep saying we're due and then we're really due. And in the last 10 years, going back almost 10 years, I remember people saying, um, maybe not in so many words, but letting the people who will kind of could read between the lines know this is going to come in the next 10 years. And now we're almost up to that 10-year point when I, before, when I heard that. Yeah. So, like, it's the same thing with global warming and the destruction of the planet environmentally. Is it going to happen? Yes, I believe it is, too. Seven years, probably not, but possibly, like we're spinning the wheel on it. It could be seven, or it could be 70, or it could be never because they figure out how to fucking foil it. Yeah. Or maybe they were, I mean, look, they're, they're not always right. About, I wish they would stop predicting uh, environmental repercussions because they've done it a lot and it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. Like... In 2003, James Hansen, the NASA guy, was like, if we don't completely reverse what we're doing in 10 years, it's too late. Well, it's like 13 years past that deadline, and they're still saying it's not too late. Because you can't ever say it's too late. Yeah. It possibly is too late. We possibly already cast the dice. Mm -hmm. But we don't know. So seven years, um, I wouldn't take that bet, but it's it should be on the table. Yeah. That's so... Now, as you travel the country... You are like I. I remember it's been so long since I toured America seven, six years. Uh, I'm sorry, five years. But I remember like I think it was an Indiana gig I would play once a year, and I'd pass the one barn with the Confederate flag on the roof. Hmm. That was one place, and I could always open with that story. Oh, you guys still let that guy live here? I've been right, right. you know. So, <laughs> what do you make of the magas that live in the areas maybe most impacted by climate change? And they are still in their denial and why? When oh. it's when you're a farmer, when your job depends on the weather. Well, first of all, they're not all in denial. I mean, there is plenty of farmers who are on that page. I mean, they're not idiots necessarily. They're, but the other reasons why I think people are uh, sort of in the dark about global warming, sometimes it just, if they're in their own news silos, it doesn't get on their radar. They don't report it on Fox News. Yeah. It's just not an issue. It's not like an issue they disagree with. It just really doesn't exist, except to sometimes have debunkers on. And there are reasonable people like Bjorn Lornberg, who is, you know, somebody I think maybe MSNBC won't have him on. And he's not a crazy person. Mm -hmm. But he has a different view of what's going on with the climate. He doesn't deny that this is happening. He's being just more measured about it. 
I don't agree with everything he says, but I listen to him and he's not crazy. That kind of person, they don't, you know, we don't, we don't allow that kind of person anymore. You have to be all in on what your team is doing. Yeah. So on Fox News, they don't hear about global warming. Yeah. And then <clears throat> they also are religious. I remember the Oklahoma Senator Jim Imhoff once said, he's the guy who brought a snowball yeah. into Congress once to prove that global warming mm -hmm. was false, that you can't write this shit. Yeah. And he said his, his idea about global warming was, yeah, God's still up there. Okay, you can't argue with God's still up there. Yeah. It's just not on it. We're just, we're just, you're playing tennis and I'm playing soccer on a right. different field. Right. You know, and so it's just not, and it's, you know. But that's it, what I wonder how, I don't mean any farmers in those regions. I mean, if you're a MAGA person and you're a farmer, how do you reconcile what your eyes and ears see in front of you and what you're. Okay, but what do your eyes and ears see in front of you? They see the same world as it's always been. Yes, sometimes. More floods, water's right. rising. But you know what? Floods do come and go. And floods have been here forever. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, like, how much of that is global warming? My view would be some. There are souped-up uh, conditions that create more or blah, blah, blah. But, like, we were going apoplectic here in California for a very long time because it never rained. And then what happened this year? Mm -hmm. It fucking rained until the people here were saying, good God, would it stop raining? Right. And in one, like, month-long period... We kind of got out of the drought emergency. The no, because we are, don't have we don't have the ability to capture it. No, that would make it better. But we stop. I read we we like the reservoirs have water in them. Then the Hale River is actually a river again. I mean, what I'm saying is, it's partly cyclical, and this shit has always gone on. And that's what a farmer sees. And there is an element of global warming changing things. But since it's basically the same shit, the sun comes out. It's not like the seasons have ended. Uh, it rains. It doesn't rain. There's good. There's bad. This is farmer's life. Is is like, oh, I hope it uh, rains this year. Oh, I hope it's a good harvest. This is why one reason they started religion. Mm -hmm. So you could pray to somebody and say, for fuck's sake, would you make the corn grow? <laughs> because yeah. we got to make soda. Right. Oh, wait, we don't make soda yet. We're ancient people. But still, there's a reason you have a deity to pray for crops. Exactly. And by the way, I crops. was, even I was shocked. Well, I shouldn't say even I, I'm a Chicagoan. I didn't know how much of the hate that was coming toward me was also um, made lots of Jesus tie-ins. Like people would go religious very quickly. Is that right? Yeah, very quickly. So I I learned that that marriage is more than I was even aware of. Like I would say, <laughs> ninety percent of the folks that have a problem with me, at some point they'll bring in Jesus, and usually they are ex what I would call extremely religious. I mean, I was raised Catholic. Yeah, it didn't take. Well, I have. But the they tried. Same haters. I mean, one of. Wait, were you? Did you go to Catholic school ever? Yeah. Well, I went to catechism. <clears throat> that's where you learn every be, Sunday. Yes, that's where you learn to be a Catholic. It's like, you know, it was two hours. You're not getting into heaven with just catechism once a week, Bill. Right. <laughs> You're not even close. Yeah. You got to go that, to church every day. God, I was. You gotta say the rosary. You gotta be molested. You gotta do a lot. It's very proactive. When I think about the stress that I worry about now, it was—it's nothing compared to the knot uh, in my stomach that involved going to the catechism school. Because school made me very nervous. Also, regular school, you know, I was easily bullied and shy, and um, but catechism with, with these were kids I didn't know from yeah. like other towns and the classroom was way bigger mm -hmm. and there seemed to me there was a thousand desks and kids in that school <laughs> and the nuns were very strict yeah. and mean and they was were not fire like and brimstone yeah they were not like the nice teacher I had who you know wore sweaters and I could look at her tits and this was a nut you in had a, what's in called this, a lay teacher in a, <laughs> they don't count they're right. not divine no they don't even know God probably. so to go from that normal school and then to see these these mean seemed like a thousand year old creatures in the black shroud you know it's scary just that yeah. outfit is fucking scary yeah of course you know it's supposed to be <laughs> i mean you don't know what the fuck's in there right but you know something's in there some kind of trouble was in there some meanie someone some was bad mean shit's to me. in there yeah yeah so but you know what I guess that's the kind of thing that people bleat about in therapy for the rest of their lives. I just, I don't get that. I mean, it's like, yeah, it, was it traumatic? Yeah. 
the last thing I want to do is remember it. Yeah. You know, isn't that, don't we have a mechanism, don't you think, as humans to purposely forget? Purposely not have to remember every minute of catechism and just kind of remember a couple lightning bolts of a few seconds. Sure. Would you like to forget all the trauma that you've had? Yes. Oh my gosh, absolutely. You know. You walk through fires. I mean, the cancer shit is gnarly yes. and just, oh, you know, yeah. plus just people have like confronted me physically so many times. Like I can't tell you, not so much anymore, but you know, you it was confronted physically. Oh, everything. I've had people strike me on the street. Strike you. Strike me. Yeah. Strike you as what? <laughs> no. <laughs> as a very talented young lady. Um, no. And, and people like exactly. feel very entitled to come up and. There's something about my face that says, come up to me right now and tell me exactly what you think. It says, Well, there is. I, well, that you, you, that's sort of a backhanded compliment no, to I, your skill as a, as a communicator and to how much people, you know, <clears throat> relate to you and see you as a real person. And so they want to, you know, like movie stars are the opposite a lot of times. People, they say, you know, some big stars can walk down the street and like people don't stop them, even yeah. though they might gawk because it's like, oh, they're bigger than life. I can't know them. But yeah. with you, especially TV is that kind of right. medium um, and live performance, of course, they feel like they know you. Yeah. They feel like if they got to talk to you, you'd be the same person who you are on stage. And you pretty much are. I kind of, I'm pretty the same. I am but too. But I'm talking about the magas that want to come back and tell me, right. give me a piece of their mind. No, they I don't know. even know my work from before. They right. just know me as the mean picture and lady. where do you encounter them? I don't, I'm, Walking down the street. What street is this? I remember one time. <laughs> well, well, it's, not a, it's not in Los Feliz. I like might walk down the street a little more often. Well, well, what street is this? It's not in Los Feliz. It's not in... Uh, San Francisco I had. San Francisco? San Francisco, right in the Embarcadero. Like four people were very upset. I was in a restaurant, a really fancy, kind of fancy restaurant in Santa Monica. And a woman, um, and a woman was like at the front at the hostess station, yelling and pointing and asking me to be removed from the restaurant. But but what do you you know what their specific beef was you with you was? Was it the Trump head? Oh, yeah, it's the Trump head. Oh, it's always the Trump head. It's always the Trump head. (laughs) Yeah, it's and by the way, even the QAnons, A couple of licks in, they're like, because of the trumpet. I see. So all the QAnons, it all goes it back almost to, sound, it, it you, al- you, you tried to kill President it's very, Trump. It's very cartoon of Muhammad. Yeah. It really, you yeah, know, like some things just yeah. hit people, humans, right. like in a certain way, and they it gives them license to then just say to themselves, well... That was so beyond the pale that I can this do anything. This person deserves anything. To this person. I can go into the Charlie Edbo offices yeah. and shoot these cartoonists right. and feel very good about myself. But they also don't And you think hit that nerve. So. It's like, <laughs> thank you, America. You're welcome, America. I took the one for that the team. That is quite a, you know. I, I mean, know. there is some pride in, hitting, <laughs> in going deep. Yes. You went <laughs> You went deep. I'm a thinker. You know, I'm a thinker. I and, made people think, damn it. And that thing really wasn't even your idea, was it? It was the photographer. No. Right? I kind of, I collaborated with him. I said, look, you know, I'd like to do something about Trump in some way. You know, and then um, I, one of us thought of the head, one of us thought of the blood coming out of his wherever. And that was about as deep as it went. Although Hillary Clinton thought it was Medusa and Perseus. So let's just go with that. <laughs> really? Doesn't that sound smart? She that goes, does. I just assumed oh. she was doing Medusa and Perseus. I was like, me too. Well, Hillary Clinton, excuse me, was a presidential candidate, the valedictorian at Wesleyan, and the first woman on the moon. So. Just like Trump. <laughs> just like Trump. <laughs> Same diff. No, wait. Do you remember the time, my old friend Bill, do you remember the time that we were at a Larry King party at Larry's house? And who's the producer that sent us to a restaurant on his tab? A really good Italian place. Jerry Weintraub? He's no longer with us. You're right. I do vaguely remember. I remember the restaurant. It's on Robertson. Yes. It's a really good Italian place. It's like Il Piccolino or something like that. Okay. I do remember that. And I was with actually a guy that I knew um, from New York, and he was in town, and we went, and we had the best time. But was it Jerry Weintraub? I think it was. was. Wow. Somebody like that, Yes. It's a shame. Is he not with us? He, I believe he's no longer with us, but I remember <laughs> that night. I was going to do a quick uh, you know eulogy. What? I hope you don't mind. I don't mind dying. Well, I do. I shouldn't start that with a lie, but let's pretend yeah. I don't mind dying. Okay. But what I really would mind is ever entering a period in my life where people were always 
wondering whether I was right. dead or not. Right. You know. You want I, it to be I, definitive. I do. Yeah. I, w- I don't want people to be going, Bill Barr, is he you alive? Go the or did I read something? Or was yeah. that Greg Kinnear who died? You know, I just don't <laughs> want to. I did that. I cannot take that. I get it. I get it. You've got a boundary. You're setting a boundary with destiny. I am. Yeah. Either know I'm alive or dead or dead. How do you want to go in your dream world? I don't want to go. Okay. Well, <laughs> all right. Let's start over. How do you want to go again in your dream world? Uh, well, Larry King was wanted to be frozen. I don't know if he did that, but he talked about that a lot. Like, okay. he didn't want to die. Yeah. I don't blame him. He, he, he loved the Dodgers. And I feel like Larry and I were a lot like that, you know, uh, in the same way. We really liked the different parts of our lives. Of course, his life was very different. He had that... Uh, you know, I was always married to someone who was um, causing him emotional distress. I don't know why that worked for him, but he did it eight times. Right. It must have. Right. Um, but he was always, you know, every morning yeah. was Nate and Al yeah. with the same crew. Yeah. You know, That's pretty great. Things like, I don't yeah. do that because I'm not up in the morning that, you know, mm-hmm. I wouldn't do that exactly, but I have things like that. And I'm, I'm like, when you talk about death, I'm like, no, because I kind of, I want to see the playoffs next year. Right. <laughs> you know, like, right. if I die, I'll miss the playoffs. And, and I like the playoffs. No. So like, Can we on. talk about some just epic moments that, admit it, there isn't, there isn't a show anything like Larry King anymore. I'm actually surprised. Mm-hmm. I thought they should have given that hour to Anderson Cooper. I thought he could have carried on that legacy beautifully if you wanted that six o'clock hour. But like... Well, I would argue that Joe Rogan is not like Larry King, but it's, it's every generation has its own iteration of that. And certainly there are differences, but... Huge audience. Yeah. Bigger than Larry King ever was. But Larry also had that thing where you kind of would go there for the softballs, too. Like Paris Hilton went there the right. day and after jail. Like, and I feel like Joe Rogan does that, not softball necessarily, but he's not looking for a fight. And he's, yeah. and he's willing to open the mic to people. And let the person talk. Right. And- Even the ones that the establishment of some kind or another says, how dare you let that person speak? I'm sorry. How is Joe not establishment? Doesn't Joe have no, like 11 I, no, million I, listeners a day saying. or whatever? Of, yes, he yeah. does. And but that's like, how dare you have you know, doctor? I forget the doctor he had on, and yeah, yeah. there's some shady things about that doctor. He's a doctor, and yeah. could I just hear him speak? He's yeah. you know, he has credentials, and uh, let's keep an open mind on this. Versus, mm-hmm. oh no, medicine—it's always set. It's never set. It's the one science that is especially never set. I'm just glad you're picking up the ball for Joe Rogan. That guy needs all the help oh. in this industry he can get. <laughs> no, he, he, he deserves it. He, no, he, I know. He did a no. great thing. But I would say he is our generation's Larry King in the same way that there was Carson and then Letterman. Yeah. Uh, you know, Leno. Uh, and then it moved to Fallon. I mean, it was the ch- that show has evolved quite a bit. Johnny yeah. Carson, it was really a talk show. Yeah. Now it, the talk is... Johnny, it was 90 minutes, remember? At the beginning. Yeah. It's actually 145 at one point. <gasps> wow. The, yeah, 145. When God, first... the epic stuff that would happen on that show. I mean, that's the one thing you wouldn't get with a Rogan. The weird interactions you'd get with, like, a oh, drunk yeah. Joey Heatherton and, like... Right. And well, John Lennon. Right. Or, like, just, you know... No, of course. The, I mean, a podcast is only the talking part. There's no production value and there's no band and there's no monologue. But... Just for what what Joe does, he kind of opens that mic like Larry did. Yeah. And, you know, Elon Musk will do that show. And, like, you know, the biggest Mm -hmm. people in the world, because they know of the reach, and I just think also... Joe earned that. He, it's like, yeah, this is just a, a regular guy, smarter than the average bear, but is not going to be intimidated, first of all, yeah. by you saying, don't platform this guy or don't yeah. listen to this. And we'll let anybody speak and usually has a common sense view of it uh, of his own. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a little to the right of where I am on, yeah. on things. I think, yeah, I think he, didn't he recently say he was would vote for Trump or something. I mean, to me, that's beyond the pale. But then he also but, said he actually thought Obama was like the gold standard for like the best president in his lifetime. Yeah. You know, like he, you know. I, I don't get the people who like just hate Joe Biden some, or or even Hillary. I, to me, these people are so bland, which is really when a Democrat <laughs> is, 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 is good. You know, yeah. we want a, a, 
a nerd who knows how government works. I mean, yes, it's also great. I to also have don't the, want to know their religions. Like, I remember as a kid not knowing what the religion the president ever was. You know, well, we knew Kennedy. Yes, but that, that was, was so, because yes, because yes, it course. was such a big thing. But also, our it, house being Irish, that was like such a big deal. Same with my. Oh father. God, they could do no wrong in our oh, house. Oh, real. That's so funny. I'm so glad you said that because that has exactly been my line my whole life. When yeah. people ask about the Kennedys, oh, exactly no. what I've said a million times, they could do no, no. wrong. Because it was so hard for a freaking Catholic to finally get there. Also, Irish. We were not going to fuck it up. But also the, Irish Catholic. The yes. Irish yeah. part of it was, yeah, yeah. you know, because when the Irish here, we were not welcomed. And, right. You know, um, you know, Biden. My parents, my parents, uh, no, my parents were here. My grandparents came over steerage on the boat. My mom was the youngest of 16 kids. Is that right? 16. The fucking Irish. They just. I, they don't fuck around. I, they don't believe in that. I know. That it's crazy. demonic birth control. 16 kids. The rhythm method. She bragged about it. You know, you know, Biden is in Ireland right now. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. Northern yeah. I, yeah. And I was reading his uh, great-great-grandparents, whatever, came over in 1849. And, you know, there's just this group of us. Mm-hmm. We kind of look alike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we're just... And, Shared but, experience. But we don't become like an Irish mafia. We're, right. We're, we're not... We're not <laughs> We're not uh, we're not clubby that way. Yeah. It's just like, hey, right, <laughs> hey, one of us is doing okay, right on. But no, for my parents, it was a way bigger deal. I mean, yeah. the Irish Catholic thing was just huge. So, um, although I had one uncle who was a cop, a bagman, by the way, I come from a family of uh, cops, some some relatives, and he hated Kennedy because of Bobby mostly, and he Why? famously. Because Bobby was like, you know, wanted to, Bobby was a little bit not necessarily on the side of the police all the time and more on the side of the civil oh, rights. Oh, I see. Yeah. You know, civil rights movement. Right. And so, um, and my uncle was not down with the civil well, rights Bobby movement. Well, Bobby was also head of the Justice Department. Yeah. So. Right, right. Um, he was the top cop. And so my uncle sent us a picture of him pissing on the eternal flame. Oh, God. Yeah. For real pissing? Yeah. See, it's in your history. But remember, they didn't have cameras that, like, he just did it, and... But that's, like, so carrying but, a Trump head. It's like it's in oh your... Oh, no, our family bragged about this photo, because, like, isn't Uncle Mo a riot? Like, we thought it was, like, the greatest thing, hilarious but ever. Don't you see a, a connection yes, there? Yes, of course. <laughs> and by the way, we like JFK, but even still, we're like, well, Uncle Morris, you can't stop him. Now, there was drinking involved, Bill. Did you see the... <laughs> And by the way, in every single member of the family, Did except you see, one or two. Um, the Marilyn Monroe movie with Anna DeArmas? No, I didn't watch it. I kept hearing it was like, you have to watch her go through all that stuff again. Well, it is unremittingly sad. It's like this, oh God. this chick never had a one good day in her life. But yeah. I know, you know she they, they did treat her terribly. But there's a scene at the end that is so hard to watch if you're a Kennedy lover. because. Yeah. She's Kennedy is here's the scene with Kennedy. She okay. they bring her in. She's very excited in the you know in the car in Washington. You see the Capitol in the background. Mm-hmm. It's like she's going on a prom date. And, you know, yeah. Oh, finally a man who loves me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whatever. God. And she they bring her upstairs. Um, they leave. It's like I guess his bedroom. They leave the door open. I guess Jackie's out of town. The Secret Service guy leaves the door but sits right outside the door so he can hear everything that's going yeah. on. And Kennedy's in bed. He seems appears to be naked, but the sheet is up to like, you know, halfway over the yeah. chest. And he's on the phone. And he never gets off the phone as he just indicates to her to blow him. Yeah. And she blows him while he's on the phone. And it's a, it's a graphic close-up. Mm. Not a fun gig for her. For, her, for Marilyn or the actor and the Armas. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's, I found it so disturbing. Yeah. Like but remember, it, that was always the joke about Warren Beatty. He can make love to a woman while making a deal on the phone. Oh. It just painted Kennedy yeah. as the most selfish, awful prick. So I just want to say, it's made up. Is it po- no? Is it possible? It's like the seven years thing. Is it yeah. possible yeah. that Kennedy was exactly like that? It mm-hmm. is possible. But let's not forget, you just made it up. 
You yeah. weren't in the room. Right, right. And I prefer to think that John F. Kennedy was a little nicer and wouldn't have just pushed her head down. Oh, God. <laughs> she gagging? That's the worst. Yeah, kind then you have of. No I control. mean, that's, that's, the, that's the graphic scene where she's just, oh, she's just kind of like, you know, like, <laughs> she's like surprised that it's happening, which given the rest of the movie and all the guys, right, it seems right. like a kind of a stretch that yeah. you'd be surprised it's happening. <laughs> but I mean, it's just, it's just, you do feel, look, here's what I have to say about Marilyn, and I don't care who disagrees with me. Oh, I boy. think she's She's a candle in the wind. Slow clap. <laughs> End of Hoosiers. The home team finally got a touchdown with the little guy. No. Slow clap. I've, I've trashed Marilyn Monroe enough in interviews. I'm not going to do it You certainly have. I mean, I it's know, your brand. I don't know why I don't. I get like, it. I just really don't. Stop beating that dead horse. I know. All right? I'm sorry, You're man. like a Kardashian with lip liner. I, I get it. I, you can I, put it out <laughs> over and over again. All right. So do you have anything to plug? Yes, um, I'm, I'm just I'm saying I'm very glad to be at the Mirage on Saturday, oh, yes. June 17th. I worked for, at the Mirage for years. I, we just moved over to the MGM Grand. It's the Ooh. same people. I knew it. Oh, I'll find it. Don't, don't panic. I'm not going to rush I, you. I have. I know I have. I'm a, not going to say warm, warmer, warmest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is, this is do you why have people, I, Bill? No. No, do you have people? no, no. No, no. no where's, oh, oh, here it is. Someone should get fired. I knew it was here. I I saw it. It should be you. Okay. So what are you plugging the Mirage? Mirage, June 17th. June 17th. Is that how many people could fit in that theater? 1250. Oh, that's the 1250 theater. I thought they tore it down. No. Oh, okay. That I know of. No, I thought that's why we had moved over to the MGM Grand. Um, where they did I, ask me to do some. I will um, be at the MGM Grand in, in June. I hope it's not the same weekend. Um, we probably play a lot of the a same. Lot of same I think venues. we have over yes, the years. And you yes. know who else is always in Ooh. the same? Th- Ringo. Oh, that's it's, funny. It plays a lot of the same yeah, theaters yeah, we yeah. play. Uh, June 3rd, the Met, Philadelphia. June 4th, the Wind Creek Event Center in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Don't you love the fact that America is like our college campus? And we just like, oh, what's our schedule today? I got to go over to this, uh, you know, Lindsay Hall. Right. And for my first, and then I go over to this. And we, we do that with the country. I know. You know it's we're amazing. Gonna, we're just going to go over to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And sometimes it's a casino. Sometimes it's a theater. Sometimes right. it's a super pack. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, yeah, I guess a super pack. I mean, what's um, a, wait. Uh, like a PAC. Sorry, not a super pack. Performing Arts Center, PAC. Oh, <laughs> not so a super you're, PAC. You're more detail oriented, I guess, than I am. I just think of it all as the same thing. It's just the. Uh, you're probably right. I probably what? it's the same thing, but to me, it's just the audience. Yeah. And it's also awesome that unlike bands who have to go through so much bullshit before they actually get to go on stage and sing, we just show up. Oh, it's heaven. You know, it's heaven. no sound check. Do you right. have a mic? Yeah. Have you ever talked into it before? Right. Okay. Right. Make sure that that is working. Yeah. And we should be good. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Sound. Sometimes that sound check. You must be daft. I'm not even. <laughs> in, I'm not even in your city yet. <laughs> right. When right. you're doing the sound check. Yeah, I know. And I. Okay. What happened? <laughs> no, nothing. I'm just ranting. Okay. Um. So, and then what about after that? More gigs. More? After that, we'll see. I mean, I'm probably going to actually write a proper show about just how the last six years have been just exceptional I, something. I mean, that's another thing. You have so much great There is. Material. Cancer can be funny. Of course it can. AA, which I'm in, can be hilarious. Well, it can be funny in the hands of a great comic like you. Um, it can't be funny in the hands of lots of people. I <laughs> tried to make cancer funny, and boy, it just really, it just really bombed. Like, oh man, your cancer hunk at that dinner party sucked. I mean, I want to say that I don't. Right, they have right, cancer. Right. <laughs> well, I'm but, not above playing a cancer card, no, so I will uh, call a restaurant hey, and say I have well, cancer. I want all, a better table. Pain is something you should always use. Otherwise, you get nothing back for it. Yeah. Art is a receipt for pain. Yes. Uh, you know, painters, uh, musicians. I mean, would Eric Clapton have written Layla if Patty Harrison hadn't left him? No. And- <laughs> we all Patty it. When's her parade? Where's her rock the hall? Rock, rock the hall. No. You kids who don't know what hall. I'm talking about, uh, look they it up know, in Bill. your book with uh, when Eric Clapton... Uh, Met Patty. Well, it was George Harrison's wife, so yeah. it was pretty, pretty uh, interesting that, yeah. that that little. They should make a movie about that. You no, know, that would be a good one. Fuck. Yes. Hollywood, you lamo. They'd all be fighting to play him. Absolutely. And her. What a great story. That's right. 
What are they waiting for? I bet you they I do it now know. and they'll give me nothing. Nothing, for not th- a goddamn thing. <laughs> for thinking of it. Nothing but a screener so, and a gift So what bag. are your days like now? My days are tricky because I am in this weird position of having to fill my days, which is very odd because my whole life was... Film your days. Fill. fill with oh, my, fill. <laughs> that was my old gig, filming right. every goddamn day. Right. Um, so I will say this. I have been in a lot of legal battles for the last six years, so I still have two active suits. I've been sued by MAGA folks, everything from other... Uh, families. Remember MAGA Hat Kid, that kid Nick Sandman? He went to a school called Covington High School. Yeah, Covington I remember Catholic. that, with the Indian. Yeah, that's right. And so, um, <laughs> I know, I was going to stop you and say indigenous person, but I get it. Anyway, Nathan Phillips is his name. And so, 12 other families from that school sued me for defamation about tweeting about that incident in federal court in Kentucky, Eastern District of Kentucky, and state court. So, I had to send my very happy attorneys, because they work a lot, to Covington, Kentucky, to fight that one. And one of those is, um, those are still gone. There's another guy in Franklin, Tennessee, very newsworthy this week. Um, and he's a guy who was harassing a trans kid at a prom. It was on video. A day after it was all over TikTok, I commented on it. That guy is suing me, saying he got fired because of my comments, um, as opposed to his behavior. Um, and... There was a guy next door to me who lived next door to me. We had to move. He was a big MAGA guy and would go in his yard. And I, there was, you know, my ring camera would, would catch him, my Nest camera. And he'd be like, you fucking cunt. Donald Trump put the heat on you. And now it's war, you bitch. And that was my next door neighbor. Wow. Yeah. And so that guy sued me for three years. Andy sued my husband just to be a dick because I sent that tape to the Huffington Post and I said, if I show up dead, who's going to expect the CEO of KB Homes? Like, right. it's so random. <laughs> like, no, it wasn't Brooke Shields. Right. It wasn't Anderson Cooper. <laughs> it turns out it was the CEO of KB Homes. And that guy sued us for a year after we even moved. Like, so I found these folks that are like very litigious, obviously. They appeal everything. And each one of these cases, and I've had five, they tie me up for about three years. God, I don't know. I, I can't even. The, just the, the place this country has descended to, the, the pettiness, the hatred, it just, I, I, and it's really unfair that you are at the moment the object of so much of this scorn. But all I can tell you is, man, you're a warrior. I'm telling you, and getting it, back on stage will, is going to be huge. I just it, know it. It will end, and it will serve as a kind of a trampoline to, I think, boost you into higher stratospheres, you know. Well, I'd, I'd be grateful just to work. Honestly, I just want to work. You know yeah, what I mean? No, it's like, And you should. Yeah, I just want to work. And, and like... I'm to happy get, on the get, D list. I'm on a very nice, comfortable list I've had carved out for myself. Yeah, you know? Exactly. With a very loyal fan base. Yeah. A loyal, sizable fan base. Yeah. Um, so uh, what are you doing to prepare for the, what you're saying, June, you're at the Mirage. Yeah. Are you working out? I mean, you must. I'm working out this time, which I've never done in my whole career. I'm working with a writer. I have never okay. worked with a writer. So I've been bouncing stuff off her, but... I actually, you're going to laugh. My um, agent used to be at ICM, so I'm now at CAA. <laughs> if I have made too many, you know, enemies over there. But um, anyway, so I feel like I'm back with my stand-up agent that I was with until six years ago. And we always had a really great relationship. And he just always kept me gigging and stuff. Right. And so he actually said, I think you should actually write a show with somebody helping then, you. I mean, do you go do- to the clubs and work at I would, believe it or not, I'd rather do like really small theaters, like theater spaces. So no. instead of doing a club like a Largo or like a, there's some little spaces. Sometimes you but can do it a school. But if it's a lot of it is new, you got to Oh, yeah. Sometimes yeah. a school will let you do it. A so school. I can go, yeah. Like John Cleese did that. He went and did a bunch of his stuff at University of Santa Barbara. So now that I live in Malibu, that's like an easy drive for me. And they might be willing to let me like work out my stuff with their students, right. which would be awesome. Because that's a great, it doesn't burn the LA market. So and you'll have time to do that before June? No, Vegas is not going to be the Kathy Griffin show. The last six years have been difficult. Vegas is just going to be 
Harry and Meghan, Kardashians. You know, I had a dinner party for Stormy. Stormy came over at Daniel's. So like that's, my my gays want to hear about Stormy. They want to make sure she's okay. (laughs) They want to check in with her. You know, like living in Malibu. No, you should never not do that. Yeah. I mean, you you can mix in. I think it's a great mix for a show. Yeah. To have some of it be about your personal life and the, but yeah, we yeah, you got to play the hits. You still want to hear about what had happened when I Absolutely. went on vacation with Sia because yeah. it was just funny. Hey. But I will like I'll talk about cancer because no. I have to acknowledge my voice sounding different. So I'll do like boom boom three quick fire cancer jokes. Um, I also like uh, you know uh, tried to take my life, so I went to like a fifty one fifty psych hold. So that was like intense right. and not, I, I should say not normal for comedians. I'm not the first comedian, that's for sure. But that was something that has to be finessed. So I might have like three jokes for that in Vegas, but I could get into that stuff more with like the more written show. So for now, it's like, let's get 90 minutes of just trying to make these people laugh about all the Vegas craziness, yeah. about all the pop culture craziness. Yeah, there's so much now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I hope I get to see it soon. I hope so, and, my dear. And, uh, you know... You call me. All right. All right. Great to see you. Come here. (laughs) I have such a good chunk about Malibu. Mel Gibson's in the neighborhood. Gary Busey got caught whacking off again like two months ago in the park. What? Gary Busey. Yes! I did DC cab with him. What? (gasps) McNulty. He goes to the market looking like that mugshot. I'm not even kidding. 